it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, I'm your host, Minister Myrene Wise, and welcome to the Love Gospel Hour. If you enjoy gospel music and an inspirational word, you come to the right place now. Let's get your praise on. Father, Yeah. 
A brown cow Eat green grass And give you white milk <laughs> But if you think that's something God's chemical laboratory of redemption Took my, my, my black soul And dipped it in red blood And I came out white as snow
Hello, I didn't hear unmuted, so I'm assuming I am. Um, I just want to give honor to to God and to um, give honor to uh, Minister Wise for this opportunity to speak again. That song was just ministering to me, and I was right in the middle of just just praising the Lord. Um, Scripture for this morning is coming from Isaiah 53. I'm only going to read chapter 6, I mean uh, verse 6. Um, but I'm coming from 53 verses 3 through 6. But verse 6 says, uh, All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord God. Uh, Because of what you did on the cross, Lord God, I'm free, Lord God. I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor, Lord God, because of your sacrifices, Lord God. I just thank you for everything, Lord God. um, You're just so awesome, Lord God. I'm praying for the family of uh, Bashan Pace, Lord God. Just touch them, Lord God. And I just thank you, Father, for uh, this ministry and ask, Lord God, that you continue to bless it. Ask, Lord God, that it grows and grows and grows. And then as it grows, Father, that it continues to bless the people as well as his blessing minister-wise. These things I pray in the Holy Son, Jesus' name. You know, it seems like this is going to be an Easter uh, a sermon, but it's not. Um, uh, when we celebrate Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about Isaiah's amazing prophecy of Jesus, what he had to say. You see, Isaiah prophesied the events surrounding the death of Jesus Christ about 700 years before the events even took place. Isaiah describes the death of Christ in such a minute-to-minute detail that it cannot be associated to anything other than the direct works of God, anything other than the direct works of the Holy Spirit. So the question is, why was his death so brutal? So let's just get to it. I'm going to just jump right in. So hold on. Jesus was betrayed. He was falsely accused. He was convicted in a kangaroo court. He was slapped. He was pushed around. He was mocked. He was slapped again and again and again. They put crowns with thorns that went into his scalp. They scourged him with a large strap studded with bits of bone and stone and metal. His beard ripped out. He was beaten again and again and again. He was forced to carry the cross through the streets of Jerusalem. They put nails in his hands and they put nails in his feet. They hung him in front of his mother. They crucified my Lord, my Savior. Isaiah 52 and 14 puts it like this. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know that he was a man. You see, if we had been there on that Friday, we would have been repulsed by the odor. Crucifixion was a gruesome way to die. The Romans intended to make it brutal and bloody. They had mastered the art of cruel killing. That day at Calvary, the smell of death had to have been everywhere. And when you realize how our Christ really died, it makes you wonder about all those shiny silver crosses people like to wear. Whatever else you can say about the cross of Jesus wasn't shiny. It wasn't silver, and it definitely was not clean. The scene that day was repulsive and horrific. The Romans liked it that way because it sent a message. This is what happens to troublemakers. It it makes me think about our forefathers um, who were hung and who were drugged through the street, who was beaten in front of their families to send the message of this is what happens to troublemakers. This is what happens when you don't obey orders. But the question in my mind still remains, why did Jesus have to die this horrific, brutal death? No chapter helps us more in that journey of understanding than Isaiah 53. Isaiah somehow had a front row seat at Golgotha and personally witnessed the terrible scene as written in Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 6. No passage more clearly expresses the why behind the death of Christ. As we look at these verses, Isaiah 53, 3 through 6, we should notice many times Isaiah uses the words our and we and us. For example, 
We turned our backs. We did not care. Our weaknesses, our sorrows, we have left God. This passage, this passage's message says that God sent his son for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The whole idea of this message is for you and I to truly see ourselves in these scriptures. So to see yourself in the scriptures, uh, it would do you good to read it like this. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. I turned my back on him and looked the other way. He was despised, and I did. It was my weaknesses he carried. It was my sorrows that weighed him down. And I thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But no, he was pierced for my rebellion. He was crushed for my sins. He was beaten so that I could be whole. He was whipped so that I could be healed. I, like sheep, have strayed away. I have left God's path to follow my own. Yet the Lord laid on him my sins and if you uh, are listening to this and aren't moved by the way that was read, I, I almost feel sorry for you because God did everything that he did for us. Jesus died for us. What he did, he did it for us. What he suffered was for us. The pain and the brutality and the indignity of the cross, it was all for us. He did not die because he could not help it. He did not suffer because he could not escape all of the soldiers of Pilate's army could not have taken him if he had not been willing to be taken. They could not have hurt a hair on his head if he had not given them permission. John 10 and 18 says, no one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and to also take it up again, for this is what my Father has commanded. It was our sins that drove Jesus to the cross, but he did not go unwillingly. If our sins drove him there, it was his love for us that kept him there. Let your heart be warmed by the thought that Jesus died on purpose, not by accident, so that sinners like you and I could be saved. This reminds me of the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, All Our Sins and Griefs to Bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Scripture says in John 15 and 13, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. As God's children, we have many griefs because we, have, because we live a sin-sick, in a sin-sick world. We have many sorrows because we ourselves are sinfully sick people. We needed a friend who could bear our grief when the burden is too heavy for us. Yeah, you got some friends, but when you call your friends, they're at work and they're too busy to answer the phone. Yeah, you got some friends, but when you call them, they're asleep and they don't even attempt to answer the phone. But Jesus is a friend that is always there. He never sleeps nor he never slumbers. He will always answer the phone. One minister says it this way. He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrow. That must include the division in our families, the loss of our jobs, the death of our spouses and the pain of your past, the death of our children, the loss of our home. In Christ, we do not have some far-off God, but in him we find a God who drew near to us, who came to us, who entered our world and became one of us, that he might carry our sorrows for us. Jesus was so brutally murdered so that we could have life and life more abundantly. His death makes me think of all the crucified black men and black women who died so that we as a people could have life and life more abundantly. So many of our forefathers died brutal death so that we, their children, could live wonderful lives now, so that we could vote, so that we could have education, so that we could have good jobs, so that we could live where we want. Unfortunately, so many are disrespecting the sacrifices of our forefathers by not honoring their lives, by not taking advantage of the things that they died for, just as we disrespect our Lord and Savior by not honoring his life 
and not taking advantage of the things that he died for. When you really understand that Christ died for you, you will be able to understand why Christians celebrate his death. We celebrate his death because we know the story does not end with him on the cross. It does not end with him saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It does not end with him saying to the thief on the cross, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. It does not end with him saying to his mother, woman, behold thy son. It does not end with him saying to his father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It does not end with him saying for the fulfillment of scripture, I thirst. It does not end with him saying to himself and the world as he declared, it is finished. It does not end with him to thy hands, I commend my spirit. Why do we celebrate Easter? It's because Jesus was taken off the cross and placed in a borrowed tomb. After he went down into hell and witnessed to those there, he walked out of that tomb. On that third day, the Bible says that he got up. And when he got up, he got up with all power in his hands. The word all is exciting to me. That means that Satan has no power because Jesus has all power. Satan cannot rule my life because Jesus has the power over my life. I don't know about you, but the death of Jesus means a lot to me. Jesus' brutal death is the reason why the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? His brutal death means life for us. It means victory of death. It means eternal life with Christ. Consider this statement from 1 Corinthians 15, 13 through 14 as we enter the Easter season. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. In other words, if Jesus is not alive, if he did not leave that tomb after dying such a horrific death, then the Christian faith is a farce. Without the death and resurrection, there is no hope. Jesus died such a brutal death for us so that we could have forgiveness of sin, so that we could have salvation, so that we could know love, true love, so that we could have victory and so that we could have security. His death, his resurrection secures our hope to live with Christ eternally for all who would turn to him only. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, then you are missing out. You don't understand why Christians are so excited about Easter. You don't understand why we appreciate Jesus for withstanding all that brutal abuse just for us. But you don't have to miss out. The scripture says in Romans 10, 9 through 11, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be put to shame. There is no shame in knowing and believing that Jesus' brutal death was for you. The shame is in not honoring that death by believing in your heart, by confessing with your mouth that God raised his son that was brutally abused just for you. The shame is in not trusting your life to the one person that died just for you. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of salvation for everyone. Everyone that believes it is for everyone, everyone that receives it. They shall have everlasting life. Can't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope I've made this brutal death clear. I know in my mind the question has been answered. All you have to do is believe and trust in the Lord, and you'll understand that he died just for you. 
message about born being born to die and then this song there's a leak in this old building we got another body waiting for us in heaven we're gonna have a spiritual body you know let's get our house in order because we're gonna spend eternal life somewhere it's gonna either be with jesus or it's gonna be with the devil. I mean, we can go in detail specifics, not some technicalities. Until next week, we're going to, you know, just keep striving to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you know, when that time for us to face our day of judgment. We're all going to have to face that day, and we don't know the day nor the hour. So let's just keep on doing what we have to do. But for now, we're going to tell God that he is marvelous. When I consider you, Lord, and what you've done for me, all I can say is that it's marvelous in my eyes. When I consider you, Lord, the ways you made for me, here's what I say, it's marvelous in my eyes. When I consider you, Lord,
anxiety on him because he cares for you. First Peter 5 and 7. I want to, you know, talk to those of you who don't know the Lord on today. If you don't know him, I want you to get to know him. And if you already know the Lord, I want you to continue to grow in your learning of him. God, I want to give a special shout-out to my girl, Kim, my childhood best friend. She's on the line. I want to give a shout-out to Jeffrey and to Uncle Melvin and Lynn and Keith and Trudy and all my ministers that are on the line. I want to give a shout-out to my husband, Virgil, and to uh, Eunice is on the line. And I see Brenda there. We want to give you a shout-out and tell you thank you so much for listening to the Love Gospel Hour. You know, I'm playing one more song to let the Lord know that he is worthy. I want you to know today Jesus is worthy, and I want you to enjoy the rest of your day and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Be blessed. The last song is You Are Worthy. We've come to worship the Lord tonight. To sing praises to his name. The Bible says to sing a new song unto the Lord, to tell of his salvation every day, to declare his glory to the nation and his faithfulness to all the people. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah.
enjoy the rest of your day. I love you with the love of the Lord, and God bless you. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.